It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington, here with your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And with me in the studios, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. To the top. How we doing? To the top. Great. Now, before we get into all the news of the week, uh, a big moment for one of our former Golden Eagles last night, Brian Dozier, second baseman for the Minnesota Twins, in his first playoff at bat, his first career at bat in the playoffs, goes yard. Five pitches in, takes it deep. Playoff baseball is so cool. I couldn't wait for it to get on last night, and I couldn't wait to watch Dozier. And by the way, when did everybody start throwing 100 miles an hour? Yeah, I don't get a great question. <laughs> like eight pitchers last night, and every one of them just threw gas. Well, so Dozier gets the home run. He goes two for four with two hits, one run, one RBI, one base on balls. Wasn't enough as the Twins fall to the New York Yankees 8-4 to four in the wild card game. Uh, this, this was kind of the play-in game, winner taking on the Indians later this week. But that being said, I've got a little treat for you guys, courtesy of Jim Cole. And his new podcast, Southern Miss Stories, is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. He's had guests on so far like Katie Dixon, Rodney Richardson. Great listen. So just go search for Southern Miss, and I'm sure it will pop up. But he called up with Brian Dozier this summer at his game in the Houston. I got a couple of clips from that podcast to share with you guys. First one talks about his time playing at Southern Miss. It's family number one. Uh, you know, it takes me back to... You know, I had amazing coaches with Coach Palmer, Coach Barry, Coach Burroughs, Kai, a lot of guys. And I can vividly remember plenty of times where it was kind of always an eye-opening experience. Like, hey, are we playing baseball here or are we talking more about life? And, you know, as a, as a college kid, you always, you know, you get caught up in the baseball and all having fun and doing all this kind of stuff. But now that you look back at it as you get older and stuff, they're really invested in you as a person. And... Uh, rather than just being a player, you know, and you see that a lot nowadays, but you get caught up in everything uh, around sports and athletics and, you know, day in and day out, just worried too much about that, rather than investing in you as a person, as a man. All right, that's Brian Dozier visiting with Jim Cole. Man, what a great ambassador for the university. You know what's crazy is Dozier's been there for six years. Ah, oh, dude, that's well. I mean, I guess you do the math on it. Two thousand, what was it? Two thousand and nine, there with the World Series. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, this next clip, he talks about playing at Pete Taylor Park. Pete Taylor, it was good. Uh, a great hitting ball yard too. Loved hitting there. But uh, you know, the, <clears throat> the one thing that I love, you look around our conference and where we would travel to and stuff, and then you go back home and just see the attendance that we had. That was that was all these big things, especially my freshman year when you when you play in front of three, four, five thousand people. Uh, that was kind of the thing for me. That even even when you go to the Rices and and, and Mississippi States and Alabamas and Ole Misses and stuff like that, and you see them match, if not even more than you know SEC baseball and that kind of thing. That uh, our attendance and our fan base was was pretty much off the charts. And even now, you know, I talk with 
uh, Tyler Duffy who played at Rice and Anthony Rendon and stuff, and they, they said, oh, Hattiesburg, that was our favorite place to come to, man. He said, uh, just the amount of people and the energy and the, you know, the, the, the roost and the, everything. And he said, so it's obviously it's not just myself that love it. So. Brian Dozier, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take much credit for that. Uh, come on back to Hattiesburg, Brian. Come back and have a good time, man. That's that's really great stuff. I'm really, really excited to see what the rest of his career holds. It's, it's awesome that he finally made it to the playoffs. I know it's been tough for the Twins, and um, you know there was some talk of him being traded to the Dodgers last year. Buddy ends up sticking with Minnesota, and and they end up making the playoffs for the first time in a while. Yeah, and he talked a lot about you know Minnesota kind of reminding him of Mississippi in that uh, in that piece that Jim did. He, um, you know, outside of the big city. Um, instead of towns are a lot the same, the people are a lot the same. So I think it kind of reminds of him like that. That being said, uh, it'd be really cool if he could get into a bigger market. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, number, the, the numbers that he's put up the last few years, um, in, in LA or New York, he would, uh, you know, he would, he'd be on sports center every night. If you want to listen to that interview in its entirety, go to SoundCloud or iTunes, search for Southern Miss stories. Uh, our man, Jim Cole over at Southern Miss putting those out. So be sure you check that out with some, some great interviews as well. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about North Texas versus Southern Miss from this past weekend. And we're going to get into previewing our upcoming game this weekend with the university of Texas, San Antonio. We're going to take a break, come right back to us right here on to the top. Talk. Welcome back to the Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Jason Bailey talking Southern Miss athletics. Well, let's get into it. North Texas and Southern Miss this past weekend. A little bit of a disappointment. I'll go along with that. There was a, I mean, it seemed like everything was kind of just going around. Not even talking about the game, but just like in general for the day, everything seemed to be kind of going awry as the day went along. Like we couldn't find our little banner for our tent. It's true. My back was not working at all. Um, it just seemed like everything was just kind of like nothing was kind of going right as as the day got on. And usually that's a telltale sign of how it's going to go. And uh Unfortunately, it did just that. Let's talk about the game a little bit. So North Texas uh, defeats the Golden Eagles 43-28. to What we learned. What we learned. You want to start us off there, Jason? Yeah. Well, we'll start off with the first thing we learned is North Texas is better than we thought. It's kind of like my man um, from Kentucky said. I'm drawing a blank. Freddie Maggard. Freddie Maggard. The old, he said, you got to peel the logo off the helmet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's tough to do that, you know, with some of these teams, you, you know. I've watched North Texas some, and uh, I knew they could be explosive on offense. I knew they played tough, but I, you know, and there's different factors at play. There's really probably about three or four game plays that really determine the outcome of the game. Uh, they came into the game as an eight point eight and a half point underdog, one by fifteen. I mean, they're better than a lot of people thought, apparently. Yeah, well, for the first quarter and a half, they weren't. <laughs> oh, well, that's very true. You know, and yeah. I kind of wondered to myself uh, if we didn't start off as hot as we did. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you know, just these are 19 and 20-year-old kids. I mean, you get up 21-7 like that, and you're just dominating, you know, everywhere. 
Uh, and then that safety happened, or that non-safety call happened, and we just never turned it around. But, I mean, take nothing away from uh, from North Texas. They, I think that they uh, they had a little bit more than we had that day. Absolutely. Specifically in the, sec- in the second half. What's number two? Number two, um, our defense, which we've talked about uh, the last few episodes, as being a weapon. Um, well, they're not as invincible as we might have thought. The defense gave up 540 total yards, 174 of those on the ground, 366 yards through the air. We had no answer for Notre Dame transfer wide receiver Jalen Guyton. He had 14 receptions for 211 yards and one touchdown. Mason Fine, their quarterback, 24 for 40 for 366 yards, two TDs and one interception. And then their running back, Jeffrey Wilson, 30 carries for 148 yards and three touchdowns. Side note there, that one interception – came from the defensive player of the game, Jomez Applewhite, back there in mm-hmm. the secondary. Right. But, yeah, we had no answer for Jalen Guyton, and there's some stuff we'll talk more about this. But, uh, you know, we had our fastest guy on him, and he was no no match for, for Guyton. Yeah, well, we talked about it before the game. If anybody watched our little Facebook Live thing, and we probably hit on it last week's show, how, you know, th- there's a few things that we had to do. Number one, if that um, if that over-under total got anywhere near 60 points, we'd probably be in a little bit of trouble. Turns yeah. out we were. And another thing we talked about was the quarterback, Mason Fine. And even the backup that they have is very capable. But, you know, we said, you know, it kind of depended on um, just corralling him, not letting him get out and uh, hit wide open receivers. And that's kind of what he did. So the two things that we were worried about the most uh, happened. And here we are. What's number three? Number three, we've got to get the ball in Ito's hands. Ito had 15 touches on the game. He was the offensive player of the game. 13 carries for 102 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 47 yards. So it's kind of crazy to think about it, but you're in that position. Ito only gets the ball 15 times. He has 13 carries and only two receptions. You got to get, you don't want to wear him out, but you got to get him more than that. That's exactly what I was about to bring up. <clears throat> Looking at the stats here. If I were to tell you uh, after the game, if you were just an outsider, you knew that we had, you know, uh, like an award-winning running back, and they had a pretty solid running back, and I just said, well, here are these stat lines. One of them is 13 for 107, two touchdowns. The other one is 30 runs for 148 and three touchdowns. Who would you think is Ito and who would you think is Jeffrey Wilson? I would think Ito would have the 30 carries, right? Well, you would think, but then you got to look at the at the yards per carry after that. You know, I don't have that stat in front of me, but for Ito to have thirteen carries for one hundred seven point eight, what was Wilson's thirty for one in one four 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 point what basically five four so, point nine? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if your your running back is having averaging seven seven yards a carry, that's uh, you, you kind of want to keep feeding him the ball. Yeah, which is a, a bit skewed because he had the one long run. But, sure, um, but yeah, just. It, it, you're better play, and, and we've talked about this before. <clears throat> Sutter Miss has so many offensive weapons, so many good players that somebody's always kind of, kind of get the shaft uh, at the end of the game, win or lose. There's just not. There's only one football, right? Right. Uh, I don't think that that should be Ito, <laughs> well, ever. No, absolutely. Um, you know, if Corey has you know a few less catches, if Staggers has some less catches, if not that Julian ever catches the ball, but you know he's not a great player. <clears throat> I can kind of understand them going down in favor of Ito, not the other way around, and. And hopefully we learn something from that. All right. So what do we need to work on? The, the What we need to work on is a little bit longer than the what we learned this week. Yeah. Well, we've kind of hinted around it, but the first thing we need to work on is the time of possession. 
North Texas uh, dominated the time of possession, and, and really that had to have been probably the deciding factor in the game because it you know the defense is solid, but they were on the field thirty six point thirty thirty six minutes thirty three seconds, while Southern Miss only had the ball twenty three minutes and twenty seven seconds. North Texas ran eighty seven plays, Southern Miss ran seventy one. Uh, another telling fact that the reason they were able to dominate that time of possession, they were nine for 21 on third downs and four for four on fourth down conversions. There were several times where we held them down to fourth and short. They went for it four times, obviously, and they converted all four. So time of possession, I think, was was a, was a huge factor in the way this game played out. Yeah, they had their foot on the gas the entire game and went for it every time they had a fourth down. <laughs> yeah. You know? So uh, um, and kudos to them for, for going for it and for getting it. Nine of twenty-one on third downs isn't a horrible percentage. No, you know, no. Um, I, th- I think if you told me before the game started nine of twenty-one on third down, uh, I'd say sign me up. Um, you throw in those four for four on fourth downs, and and there it is, and that works. You know, the time of possession also obviously works hand in hand with how many times their running back got the ball and how many times uh, ours did not. Um, but. You may go to the next one. Because, go, to the, go to the next one. Because the next one goes right into it. I mean, along with not getting Ito the ball a lot, uh, another thing that, that helped to stop drives was, was the fact that we kept dropping the ball. We can't let drops become a problem again. No, sure can't. And, you know, who, you never know what the exact answer is on how to remedy that. But, uh, you know, we had some drops, and in, in most of the time it was going to be, it was on third downs where we had just a slightly errant pass or we had, a, a, you know, the ball. Very catchable ball get dropped, um, and that was something that plagued us through the middle of the season last year. So hopefully that's not something that's going to be a problem again. Yeah, and, and you hit on it. Uh, a dropped pass on third down um, obviously stops the clock. That leads to time of possession, also. You know, uh, so not good. Uh, but this could also just be that game we always have. Yeah, we've, we've always had this game. How many, how many years have we been going to Southern Miss football games? There's always a game where we just say, what? Well, you know, I, I uh, believe it or not, I know I sound a little bit like a moron sometimes on this show, but <laughs> taking football classes from Mark Manival back at Southern Miss, that's what my minor was was coaching in sports administration, mm-hmm. and he said one thing he said that always stuck with me is he said, you always have one game where your team plays above their potential and one game each season where they play below their potential. I'm hoping this was that one game where we played below our potential, but – you know, we still have eight games left on the schedule, so there's a lot of football left to be played. All right, what's next? Next, uh, penalties. Penalties, not as bad this week, but still we uh, lost the uh, penalty margin. Southern Miss, six penalties for 64 yards. North Texas, three penalties for 19 yards. Uh, that's still too much, too many yards given up there. I mean, it's not as bad as it was last game, but still just a little bit of a problem. Hopefully that's something we can get control of yes six for 64 is something i would almost sign up for that as well but you know just the ratio three for 19 is three to six for 64 um obviously we have to we have to flip that the next one is something that i thought um you know there was a north texas article last week i read and i thought it was kind of crazy but once i started thinking about it and looking at things and obviously this week uh, one thing we need to do better, we got to make uh, better adjustments yeah i mean there's times we i mean you think back to that kentucky game last year you, you couldn't have made any better of an adjustments than we made last year in that game. Uh, and I would take it a step further. I mean, on this show we talked about one of the strong points of the coaching staff up until that point, wherever it was, like halfway through the year, uh, was that we had the ability to make adjustments. It went, you know, it, however the game started, if it wasn't going well, uh, we could adjust specifically at halftime and come out and win the game. 
yeah. happened a lot for us last year. Um, well, the exact opposite of that happened. Um, it looked like we had a fantastic plan to start off. Like I said, got up 21-7. We're in the backfield almost taking the snap. Um, and then, that well, towards the end of the second quarter and all of the second half, uh, they made an adjustment and never looked back. And, you know, we talk about Guyton, and we did have Curtis Michael covering him, who's our fastest player on defense. But it, it seemed like there were, you know, after the first two or three times we got burned by him, you kind of would think, okay, maybe he needs a little more help in the coverage. I don't know. Maybe they just found a hole in our defense where they could hit him. I don't really fully understand the game of football if you haven't gathered yet, yet that yet. But you can you can understand it enough to know it probably would have been beneficial to give a little more coverage help over there to uh, Michael when he was covering Guyton. Yeah, he had 14 receptions for 211. You think, you think around like reception eight or nine, you'd say, all right, coach. Uh, two guys on that guy. Yeah, we got to do but, something. Well, well and, and, and most people do that to us. They say, um, look, Staggers isn't going to beat you. Yeah. Somebody else might, you know, Corey's numbers were fantastic the first few games. Well, part of that reason is they're not going to let Staggers beat us. Well, we're fortunate in that we have another guy that's a lot like Staggers on the other side. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So um, I really wish we would have done more of that. But, yeah, me being a moron guy that's just sitting in the stands watching the game, uh, it's really easy to say that. Maybe they made some adjustments that I'm not aware of, but the numbers don't lie. The numbers and don't lie, and we, got and, better. and we don't really have a good way to go back and watch the tape. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing we need to work on, we really – I'm hoping we're on a mission this week. I haven't heard much chatter about anything, and I think that's awesome. I, I hope we fly under the radar this week. We play better as the underdog. I don't know what it is about our mentality, mm-hmm. but you know, last year when we went to UTSA – we came in there a little sleepy faced at eleven a uh, eleven a.m. They came out and took it to us, and, and and I don't think they were necessarily more talented than us last year, but they wanted it more, and they had a couple of breaks go their way that they fully took advantage of. Uh, so I'm hoping we come out on a mission, uh, focused, motivated, ready to go. I don't think this game against Texas San Antonio is one that uh, I think, even though the the line is what it is, it's thirteen and a half right now. I don't think they're that much better than us. And we'll get into breaking that that game and everything. But I really, Southern Miss football has got to be on a mission this week to go out there and be victorious. Well, you look at the schedule that stacks up the rest of the year. Um, we're going to have some favorable games after this UTSA game. Uh, and, 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 you know, we've been snake bit in that little stadium. And at some point we're going to have a home game with UTSA. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be. I think it's the third consecutive year that we've went to San no, Antonio. They, no, they came here – they came here uh, Monkins last year. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, I, we still I don't think have, have won a game over there, and uh, maybe we have when they first got in the league. No, we, anyway. we have. They're 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 two and one against us with their two wins being at UTSA and our one win being at Southern Miss. That being said, uh, I, as far as going on a mission, zero and two in the conference is not uh, a, like a death sentence, but um, one and one sure is a heck of a lot better. And, and yeah, zero and two is certainly not where you want to be. I mean, it's something that's you know one you can you still have a shot to win the conference. Uh, you get to two early, and that's when you start running into okay, what well, what are we going to be able to do about this? Yeah. All right, before the break, I want to get to something real quick. All mm-hmm. right. I remember Larry Stacey talking to us, and he was like, you know, as far as the the players go, they got to keep an even keel. And yeah, we lost. It was a bad game, but fans need to kind of keep an even keel, and. I say this because I had people text message me and message me with absolute foolishness. 
And if you're going to come at me and try to try to drown me in down in some pity party and just with all kind of overreactions of a game played by 18 to 24 year olds, I got no time for you. <laughs> There's no reason for you to text me, especially when I didn't give you my number Saturday night with some just absolute nonsense. Dude, I even heard when I was walking out of the game, I heard somebody compare, say, oh, this is just like Ellis Johnson. And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. We've won two games. I mean, we've won a game. I mean, <laughs> that should count. It's just some mouth breathing jug booer out there in the, I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not going off on fans. I'm just saying, get a grip, temper your expectations, come back to us. If you're if you're a fan, then be a fan. There's a lot more football left to play, and that starts this week. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Southern Miss and the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners this weekend. Come right back to us. Welcome back to the Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Jason Bailey. Now, we're about to talk about the UTSA game this weekend, but for the rest of this week, I have a feeling that this is going to be the soundtrack. Ah, I messed it up. I messed up my little soundbite there. It's total letdown. Ah, hold up. There we go. Here's the soundtrack <laughs> for the rest of this week. Guys, keep an eye on the system in the Gulf. There's a system out there. There's a tropical depression out there right now near Nicaragua. I think it's heading northwest, uh, six miles per hour by the weekend. Scheduled to make landfall, I think, uh, late Sunday or Monday. By that time, it will be a hurricane. I think they're projecting it to be maybe a Category 2. So keep an eye on that. Not going to affect the game this weekend, obviously, but could affect the folks in the area. Projected right now to make landfall somewhere between Louisiana and the Florida Panhandle. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on what will be named uh, Tropical Storm and Hurricane Nate. All right, enough of that. All right. So we were talking about this upcoming game with UTSA. I'm going to call them University of Texas San Antonio because I know they love it. That <laughs> game will be taking place this Saturday, October the 7th at um, 6 o'clock p.m. At the Alamodo, Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. The line right now is 13 and a half points. It will be televised on Stadium, which is available on Facebook. I think there will be some different television outlets picking that game up as well. Last time we were on Stadium, it was picked up by a Fox affiliate here in Hattiesburg. So just keep an eye on your <laughs> listings for that. All time, UTSA leads the series two games to one. The last meeting last year on October the 8th, 2016, the Roadrunners came out with a 55 to 32 Disaster of a win. Key players for the Roadrunners. Uh, quarterback Dalton Sturm on the season right now, 51 for 67 for 659 yards and six touchdowns. Also, he has 27 carries for 170, 170 yards and one touchdown. Their start stud running back that lit us up last year, Jalen Rhodes, 45 carries for 338 yards and three touchdowns. And wide receiver Kerry Thomas leads the way, 13 receptions for 190 yards and two touchdowns. Now, those stats are from three games because their first game this season against the Houston Cougars was canceled because of Hurricane Harvey. Now, let's talk matchup. So, right now, and when I say matchup, this is, these are the stats, but take them with a grain of salt, and we'll get that to that in just a minute. So points per game, Southern Miss averaging 29.5 points per game, UTSA 37.3. Points allowed per game, USM is uh, 20, giving up 21 points a game, UTSA 13.7. 
Total yards, Southern Miss 447.5, UTSA averaging 482. Yards passing, Southern Miss 277.3 yards through the air, UTSA 234. Yards rushing, Southern Miss 170.3 yards per game rushing, and UTSA 248. Yards allowed, Southern Miss 316.3, even after last week, still a solid number. UTSA, however, 207 yards per game. Passing yards allowed, Southern Miss 183, UTSA 121. Rushing yards allowed, 133, UTSA 86. And you look at the you look at the the FPI, the power rankings. I looked at all this earlier. The Roadrunners might be favored every game the rest of the season. Now, this is this is where I kind of just the stats kind of came alive for me. They really haven't been tested yet. Okay. They didn't play Houston. Their opponents, the three opponents they've played this year so far, collectively, are three and twelve. And none of those three wins are against FBS opponents. The game against Houston was canceled. That's where we probably would have seen what they were UTSA right. was really made of. So the three opponents, three games on September 9th, they defeated Baylor 17 to 10 and you're like, "Oh, well Baylor." Well, Baylor, Baylor is 0 and 5 right now with losses to Liberty, Duke, Oklahoma, they did keep that one close, 49 to 41 and Kansas State. They're averaging 27.2 points per game while giving up an average of 36.2 points. So they're giving up 36.2, UTSA put up 17 points. Right now, Baylor only projected to win two or three more games this season. Moving, moving on, 9-16, they defeated the Southern, 51-217. Southern sits 2-3 and three right now with wins over South Carolina State and Fort Valley State, while they have losses to Alcorn State and Southern Miss. That Southern Miss loss, 45 to nothing. So, uh, UTSA, I don't know the full circumstances, gave up 17 points to the Jaguars. Southern Miss gave up zero. Mm-hmm. Moving on, September 23rd. The Roadrunners took on Texas State. They defeated Texas State 44 to 14. Texas State currently 1 and 4 with their only win over Houston Baptist, and they have losses to Colorado, Appalachian State, and Wyoming. In those four losses, their highest point total was 14, and that came against UTSA. They're averaging 12 points per game, which is tied for 128th in the country, while giving up an average of 31.4 points per game. So, this is a Texas San Antonio Roadrunner team that has not been tested. Now, and I, the Golden Eagles clearly are the toughest team that they face so far this year. I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm saying that statistically, you look across, across the board, we've actually beat an FBS opponent mm-hmm. and an FCS opponent. So, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think this is going to be a challenge for both teams. And the line, I believe, opened at well, eight and a half. It's up to 13 right now. They're 13 and a half point favorites. I think a lot of that has to do with what happened last week. And if you look at the line last week, if you're into Vegas and all that stuff, which you, you know, has absolutely nothing to do with the outcome of the game, just kind of, uh, you know, where they think it's going to come about. Southern Miss, I think, opened as a seven and a half point favorite last week against um, North Texas. That line moved all the way up to 10 and came back down to eight and a half. So. Well, I mean, you just, you just kind of—I love being on the side of it, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean really, more than being favored, that's I, I where Southern Miss tends to shine. And you know, to an, to a lot of our fans that just they can't believe the conference that we're in, and blah 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 blah. Look, these are good teams that we're playing, okay? And like you said earlier, if you strip off the uh, the the name on the front of the jersey and the emblem on the helmet, and just look straight up stats, look straight up players, 
then you know I think that they would look at it a lot differently. Uh, that being said, like let's just say somebody left and moved away from Hattiesburg and was like in the war or something, and they came back 15 years later, and they look and they say, first of all, Texas San Antonio that's a that's a school. <laughs> they have a football team, and they're favored by two touchdowns over Southern Miss. That's got to be a misprint. So I think that's where a lot of people come, you know check in at it. And a lot of times I'm in the same boat, even though I've been here. Uh, I just I look at the pedigree that Southern Miss has, the tradition that they have, and I think to myself, like, no chance they can stay on the field with us. That's where I get caught, <laughs> you know, thinking that there's no way when there obviously is a way. And, um, and, and, and then here we are. Here we are kind of, you know, sort of disappointed after last week. Absolutely. And you think, well, you know, and, and I, know, I know losses are disappointing. We were all disappointed last week. But, man – you just gotta <laughs> just keep a check on that mentality, you know. I've, I've always said that there's certain teams that they have fans. Their team didn't even they're, they didn't even go to their school, and they just attach themselves to these teams for self esteem. You can't let yourself be attached to a game and and affect your own self esteem and your own ability to mentally be in charge of yourself, man. I, I saw just some crazy stuff this weekend. I'm not gonna call anybody out on it, but. We got to go to the Alamo this weekend, the Alamo Dome, and just take care of business. We got to go to the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> no, I feel good about it, man. I, I I think that I think we're flying under the radar. You said we're on a mission too. Was the Alamo not a mission at one point? Very Hey-o. fair point. Hey yo! All right, guys, we're gonna be talking more Southern Miss sports right here on To the Top Talk on ninety eight point one FM and the score fourteen hundred AM. We are back. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Jason Bailey. All right. Now, we had a great guest last week. If you guys didn't didn't uh, catch it, go back and check out last week's episode with Carr Shannon. Basically, we broke down the entire 1997 season. Carr had some great stories and insights. Uh, that being said, there's a few new stories that might have slipped through the cracks. So we're going to catch up on all that right now. First off, we had a, full, a couple of former Golden Eagle greats pass away, Mickey Harrington. Former basketball and baseball player, track and field. Uh, he was an assistant coach. That's kind of where I remember him. Uh, he passed away two weeks ago at the age of 83. And then Glenn Wisby, uh, Southern Miss basketball great. Uh, I think he played a little bit in the NBA and he played overseas. Played for Southern Miss in the early 90s. Died for a major heart attack at the age of 45. That's super scary. Oh, how old are you now? I'm 40. And let me tell you, I got to do that little uh, that thing that they call it. It's, it's almost 4K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Toby Barker uh, pitching it today. Anyway, so I went to go run yesterday, just a two-and-a-half-miler. Did not go well. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. This might be my last episode. <laughs> well, I had my health screening today. Oh, nice. You see that? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, also, I don't think we touched on it, but uh, Jason Munns first reported that Southern Miss running backs coach Latrell Pollard is taking an indefinite leave of absence due to health concerns. They didn't really go into specifics. I'm not really sure about the story. I'm sure more will come out of that, about that at a later date. So they're moving um, Scotty Walden from inside receivers coach to running backs coach. You know, prayers for Coach Pollard. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a mainstay, Golden Eagle through and through. Um, running to him out at the roost sometimes. Yeah. You know, super nice guy. Um, so whatever's going on with Coach, uh, you know, 
I just hope he knows that, you know, the Golden Eagle Nation has him in their uh, thoughts and prayers. Also, Jason Munns reported that Southern Miss baseball will be taking on Ohio State in the Cox Diamond Invitational in Pensacola, Florida on March 3rd. Other teams include Virginia Tech and Nickel State. So mm. I think we played Ohio State a few times back in the 80s and 90s. I think I don't know if we've ever played them in any other sport. I can't recall. But uh, playing the Buckeyes in baseball this year, March the 3rd, down in Pensacola, Florida. So Yeah, those northern teams, you know, that's what they all have to do that. Right. Because March the 3rd in Ohio uh, is, like, iced over. <laughs> right, right. You know, and honestly, it's kind of, it's, it's cold down here as well. The first couple, six of, the couple, first couple weeks of baseball season, um, even in South Mississippi, is always pretty cold. Pensacola will be, you know, a little better. But, you know, that's kind of a almost a lateral move from here. But um, it, it's always nice to play those teams with a big name. I don't know if Ohio State's ever even, like, really get good at, at baseball. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it's cool just to just to play them and just see that name on the front of the jersey and then, you know, beat them by 12. There you go. Uh, also, it was announced this past week that UTEP head football coach Sean Kugler is resigning after an 0-5 start. Mike Price, the former UTEP head coach, former Alabama head coach, and Washington State head coach, was named the interim coach. It's rolling, baby. How old is that guy now? He's got to be, man. He was old when he coached UTEP. Wasn't he the coach of UTEP when they were in Conference USA? I mean, when... Uh, yeah, we played a few years ago, yeah. And he was the guy that called the fake punt from, like, inside his own three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got it by, like, 40 yards. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just the craziest thing. I can't believe it. And he's... Boy, he's went through the ringer. He has gone through the you ringer. Um, I don't know. Um, Whatever. That's Whatever. Kinda, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see him at the Rock in a week and a half. Yeah. Former Southern Miss defensive back Demetrius Marcus announced this week that he is transferring to Austin P. Don't really know what happened the situation there, why he left the team, but best of luck to him at Austin P. Also, the this past week, former Golden Eagle wide receiver Mike Thomas completed his four-game suspension for uh, PEDs. I don't know which one they found him with, but uh, caught him with something. So he's returning to the active roster for the Los Angeles Rams, and I think they're pretty excited about having him back there on the team. He's, he said he's going to make the active roster, and uh, I think he can contribute. Yeah, well, and I, w- I was wondering about that. I mean, I knew that he was on the team, and I kept waiting every single day just to kind of see if they had cut him yet or done whatever, uh, even though we know he's a heck of a player. Um, they're doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I mean, the ship's kind of rolling, and even though he has a really good relationship with, with Jared Goff, you were just wondering, like, is this going to be another one of those situations, like a Sean Nelson type situation, you know, where he just doesn't get his shot. Um, but, you know, then I saw a quote from uh, from head coach Sean McVay. He said, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep seven receivers. Uh, there's six that we have a lot of confidence in, but we're going to keep seven. So, you know, that, that, that speaks to Mike because somebody's got to go. Yeah. Right. To keep that seventh receiver, somebody has to go. And obviously, it's not going to be one of those six receivers. But to just keep seven on the uh, on the um, on the active roster is uh, is huge, and it's also going to be beneficial for that particular offense. Well, and you know, Mike can also contribute on special teams, and right. I think that's part of his value. He made some ridiculous catches this summer, you know. And here's something else to think about. Okay, he played last year. He had a little bit of jitters last year, but he played for Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. What could have Austin uh, Austin Davis have done with a Rams team with a scheme like this? Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, you know, and he uh, 
I don't know what the deal with Fisher is. He loves drafting our guys. He just doesn't play them. <laughs> well, you know, he signed. Yeah, he signed uh, Austin. I think was a free agent, undrafted free agent. But still, yeah. Um, and you know, Austin now with Seattle. Seattle's offensive line's not doing that. This hot. guy can just not catch a break offensive. Line. I know, right? I think I tweeted something out at the beginning of the year. Finally, he got on a team with an offensive line, and they don't. <laughs> Russell Wilson's running for his life too. Well, the last thing we'll say. This is kind of just chatter, but I've heard a lot of chatter from multiple sources in the past few weeks that we may have an apparel deal that's getting ready to rock and roll. I heard uh, a name. I heard it was one of the three that, that was talked about. So we'll see if that actually happens. I'm, I'm sure hopefully that'll come out soon. Run DMC. Run DMC, baby. All right, guys. We got one more break. We're going to come back and shut it down. To the top. to shut it down on To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey. First off, special thanks to Jim Cole for sharing us a few clips from his podcast, Southern Miss Stories, available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The clips are Brian Dozier. The whole episode's up there right now. Go check it out. Jason, you got you want to give a shout-out to anybody? Yeah, well, you know, what's weird? Well, first of all, it's always great to run into some To The Top Talk listeners um, and people that I just generally follow on Twitter. <clears throat> but actually ran into John Adam Hackney and his, uh, his friend Matt. Uh, and it turns out they tailgate like right next to us. Oh wow! <laughs> those guys that play beer pong all the time and actually have the PA announcer. Yeah, yeah, that's those guys. So, and then also my good friend Dwight McDonough saw him walking through the district, um, did one of our little walking around interviews, and then just like did something weird with my phone and I don't have it anymore. So, sorry, Dwight. Yeah, we'll, come see us next game, man. We're gonna go all in next game, guys. Follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. On Facebook as well, to the top talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy. My next comedy show, not been announced yet, but I got something big I'm working on for uh, later in the year as well as early next year. If you listen to a comedy on Sirius, uh, it's somebody that you would recognize from that. So next week's show, we're going to recap Texas San Antonio, and we've got the preview of UTEP. Homecoming. Mm -hmm. Homecoming. I've got some uh, family coming to town. got some old friends. It's Letterman Day. It's going to be a great time back out at the Rock. It's the day when you have a homecoming parade, and then like 30 minutes later you have Eagle Walk, which is another parade. <laughs> hey, man. you know Hattiesburg's huge on parades, by the way. Hattiesburg is huge on parades. <laughs> we got a Mardi Gras parade. We got a Halloween parade. We got two of them. Well, one every for six Saturdays every year for Eagle Walk. Homecoming parade. And then uh, what's the other one? Christmas. Well, just don't throw out any funky shaped candy. That's that's the that's the rule you got to live by as far <laughs> oh, yeah. as that goes. But um, so yeah, homecoming coming up this weekend. UTSA. I'm not gonna make a prediction on the game. You know, there's good reason why UTSA is favored. But I think my sneaky pick last week was Allen's A Staggers, and uh, he had a solid game. What did Allen's A have? I got it on my notes here somewhere. Allen's A, all the way. I think that's what Yeah, two I'd scores. Cheer. Yeah, one score. One or two, over 100 yards receiving. Oh, five receptions, 112 yards, and one TD. Right. My sneaky pick this week, Golden Eagles. I think that this is a great spot for the Golden Eagles. I think that UTA hasn't been tested. Um, I, I And I don't think they're going to sneak up on us like they did last year. I how don't about, know who's going to win. How about 25 touches for Ito? 
and less than 40 pass attempts for Griggs. I'm not opposed to that. Whatever it takes. Dude, we could run it 97% of the time. I, as long as we win, that's that's what matters at the, at the end of the day. You know what hey, I'm are you still mad at Comcast? <laughs> you got to check out that commercial. Yeah, yeah, I did a commercial for City of Hattiesburg. If you go to their social media, you can check it out. But, uh, hey, guys, go, go check out the archives. To the Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating, review, whatnot. Catch us every Wednesday night here on uh, WMXI and WFOR. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>